0: Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Now. It is picked up
1: by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side 25. Picks up a block at the 30.
0: Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep got a man out there. Enzo touched down to Drink it in, drink it in.
1: Touchdown, Detroit Lions!
0: Cornbread. Stafford. Stafford. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool Aid. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Wednesday. Me and Grifka are in the house, and uh, we're talking all things Lions. We've got a lot to talk about here on the show. It's going to be a fun show. Can't wait to do it, uh, but i got to intro the man, the myth, the legend, the man of the moment, the one and only, Grifka. Grifka, what's going on, buddy?
1: Oh, man, it's uh, that time of year. Uh, playoffs are happening, and uh, Lions fans, uh, we're all starting to debate who the Lions are going to take in the draft.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Let's do a couple quick uh, news and notes here off the top. So, You know, the lines broomed out like eight plus coaches, whatever it was. And uh, word came out that uh, your boy, you you dubbed him. I think it's kind of, uh, you know, disrespectful of you to call him this. But you you found fun in it. Uh, Mother Goose. I don't know why you call him such a thing. I mean, the guy wears his glasses on the tip of his nose. What's the issue? Uh, But Paul Pascalone, as uh, Stephen A. Smith would say is a. decided, even though months ago he said he couldn't wait to keep working because his daughter, I believe, isn't going to college, he's now decided to step away due to family reasons. I mean, he wants to kick back now all of a sudden. Like, uh, very convenient, I think. But but no more Mother Goose. Grifko, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that was uh, probably one of those meetings where he walked up, and they're like, hey, Paul, you want to spend more time with your family, right? No, no, I'm ready to get back to work. Let's let's get this started, man. Let's get this D-turn around. No, you want to spend more time with your family, right? No, no, who are we going to draft defense? No, you want to spend more time with your family, right? Yes,
0: I want to spend more time with my family. Oh, man, yeah, I, I think that's probably uh... – Verbatim of how it went down because, uh, like you say, it was one of those things everybody was waiting on. Uh, well, we're going to get into it on the back half of the show. We're going to break down the Matt Pat and the Bob Quinn presser. I mean, they they obviously didn't say anything that first day, but you knew stuff was coming, so they broomed out all the uh, you know assistants and whatnot for the most part, and then uh, Pascaloni goes uh, to me. I mean, this was just something that you know they decided to keep. Quinn and Patricia like these other guys like obviously weren't getting it done from a production standpoint and people say well Matt Patricia hired these guys it's like yeah that was like he was coming fresh off the Super Bowl and picking from whatever was available and he was a rookie head coach so yeah he went and got his his mentor buddy grandpa friend and he got a few other people and now he decided uh, after year two hey we need to go in a different direction get some new thoughts new people in here new energy I think that's what they're going to do. So I, I think all these moves are positive. And just before we recording here, we got word that uh, the new old line coach Grifka is, is in the building. Uh, Hank Fraley, I believe is his name. Uh, never really been a full time NFL line coach has some college experience. Any any thoughts about him off the top? I know he. uh you know, had really good positive vibes in the building. I think they even did one of those post-game videos where Matt Pat talked about him losing his father as an emotional after one of the dub skis we had and uh, seemed like the team really rallied behind this guy. And he looks like an O-line coach from what I saw and read, and I feel okay about it.
1: Yeah, I know he's got um, experience in the NFL. I can't remember exactly how many years he played with and how many different teams, but he was always one of those – he wasn't like an all pro guy, but he was solid. So, um, what do they say? Those who, you know, those who can do, those who can't teach. So, um, he could be one there of those guys. He... If he could be one he... of those guys to help with technique and stuff like that, you know? So.
0: so, so, so you said he's solid. I mean, if you're not uh, terrible, but you're not amazing, you'd uh, probably be.
1: Yeah. He, he's he not that great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As a player, you're saying you don't think he'll be that, uh, <laughs>
1: I think, I think he could be one of those guys. That's just like, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, like I, said, I can't remember exactly how many years he played in the league, but he was one of those guys. Like He just kind of grinded through and that, you know, you know, Players tend to respect that guys that you know we're top of the game think they're all that could be one of those guys that really connects with connects with it with the guy you know with the rest of the team with with the old line you know they listen to him you know because you always hear those horror stories about some guys just tune out other coaches whenever they're talking they roll their eyes we're like we're not listening to this guy but he might be one of those guys that just you know he really grinded out you know a decent career in the NFL and um. He can, you know, help, you know, other guys, you know, on the team, you know, maybe not like, but, you know, somebody like a Joe doll or somebody like that, who's trying to like hang around and we kind of keep going, maybe this will be the year, maybe this will be the year, you know, something like that, you know, so who knows
0: Joe Dahl got an extension Griff. Good job, Joe Dahl. They love this guy, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like you say, I had heard his name. I heard he'd probably be the guy. He was. I mean, I'm curious to see who they got. Re- real quick, we're going to get to Tua. We kind of buried the lead there, but he wants to hear our quick thoughts on on Tua declaring for the draft. But before we get to that, I got another name for you, Griff, when it comes to coaching. What what are your initial thoughts on Grandpa Wade Phillips, he got let go by the Rams. This guy has always put up good defenses. He still wants to coach. He seems like that old school guy with a track record that Matt Pat might like. Wade, Matt Pat, and Bev. Can you get behind that, Grifka, or no?
1: I can. I, I'm not quite for sure what the Rams were thinking. I really don't think the Rams' defense was all that bad. I think they might be like kind of taking it out on... Him because of the lackluster year of the team that, you know, missing the playoffs, you know, after going to Super Bowl and stuff like that. But Wade Phillips always seems like one of those guys. He just, no matter where he goes, he, like, turns around a defense. Like I said, I can get behind that, but I don't know if Matt Patricia wants to get behind that. So from the discussions that we've had on prior shows, ding, um, that uh, he always seemed like it was Patricia, him the one, you know, it was his defense. He was the one calling it. I don't know if he's going to give the keys to somebody else. I mean, he obviously gave the keys to the the castle of Bevel and said, "Here, you just take the offense, make it work." I can't see him really doing that with the defense, though. Coming from his background, him being the defense coordinator from New England, I mean, I would love it. I just don't think it's going to happen, though.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, that's those are the kind of things we can never really know. But my outward thoughts is kind of. You know, depending on where Wade is and and Matt Pat as far as thoughts and scheme and on defense. I mean, if they're if they're similar, I know Wade Phillips is usually ran kind of that three, four hybrid likes to bring pressure. If that was something Matt Pat would be interested in. I mean, I think these are two guys that could sort of you know talk uh, defense you know that they would have some old war stories tell each other you know again he brought bevel in because he respected his game and because he had trouble dealing with him like i feel like matt pat would have looked across the field you know at a wade phillips defense and had some respect as well for what he's done so i i think it could work i mean unless wade phillips behind the scenes is sort of a guy like it's my way or the highway and and old grumpy guy that doesn't want to deal with anything and matt patricia didn't think because like i said he's gonna have his hands on the defense so at first i i blew it off like no i don't see it happening and like the more i've thought about it like if he's willing wants to coach that's a good thing he obviously has years of a successful track record that's a good thing i'm much more on board with that than just bringing in some guy who's hopefully going to be good and who's never coached because i think we got that that two, three year window where we really want to capitalize. So this isn't really like the bring in Gerard Mayo and hope he's good in a couple of years. It's like, Hey, maybe just get, you know, grandpa Wade and and Matt Pat put their heads together and make it happen. So I'm curious to see what happens that that's the big one, the D coordinator, as well as, you know, I said online, I didn't really want Matt Pat calling plays. I'd much rather have him, you know, overseeing everything and, and dipping in here or being part of the game plan during the week. But on Sundays, I really want him just to be the head coach. So We'll see what happens. Grifka, the people been waiting. The The big announcement at 12 o'clock on Monday, I, I couldn't wait. I actually could never have been more happy to be wrong. You know how I don't like to be wrong. But I, I had a real feeling that Tua was coming back. I mean, he was doing a press conference with Nick Saban. He, you know, had some other interviews on ESPN where he really sounded like, hey, you know, maybe I'll just come back and get this injury right didn't sound like he was just chomping at the bits to, to the nfl but sure enough he declares for the draft i think this is a great thing for the lions as far as trade options and uh you know uh plenty to talk about let's put it that way what were your initial thoughts
1: um they always say what is it if you're going to be drafted like in the first round in the first, whatever, like 15 picks or whatever in the NFL, you know, you should go, even if you have like one of those injuries where you might not be right ready for camp or the off season, because you can get healthy on the NFL's dime as opposed to the college dime and you're getting paid for it. I don't know. He may be getting a free car down in Alabama, you know, with Nick Saban's hot car lot, but who knows? But um, I I think it, like you said, it helps. Other teams may be looking to trade up. I, you know, obviously Cincinnati, everybody's saying they're going to take a quarterback, I don't think Washington's going to take one and the Lions and the Giants. The Giants aren't going to take one. And then the, what the Dolphins are sitting there at five. So it was like, oh, the Dolphins may trade up. You know, it's like if I'm the Dolphins, I mean, you gotta, I guess I got to look behind and see who might be interested in those and jump up as high as you can. But uh, it definitely gives the Lions plenty of options. I know later down the road, we may even talk about, you know, there's that people rumbling, hey, you want the Lions take two to us. So, uh, you know, I can give you my opinion on that later, but it definitely helps them um, with options in this draft.
0: Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, the draft starts at number three with the Detroit Lions. I uh, I love to talk about Tua later with you because I I cannot wait to hear your opinion because I think there's going to be an argument ensuing, as well as plenty of draft philosophies being argued back and forth when when, when that topic comes up. But you know, people were saying, well, you know, why why would anybody trade with the Lions? They don't need a quarterback or unless they – I guess the argument was, well, they better really show they love Tua. No. What they need to do is, like, tell everybody and anybody, hey, we love a lot of players in this draft. Like, we're more than happy to to move down, you know, two slots, seven slots, even ten slots, whatever it may be. But you need to come and get this guy if you want him as your franchise quarterback. You know, it sounds like all the medical testing is good. I, I would think that you just sort of say the, the team that gives us the best offer that we think is at or above market value, we will pull the trigger at any moment. So don't think you're going to sit there till draft night or you're going to sit there and just uh, wait it out because this thing is for sale and it will be sold to the highest bidder. And that's how you get Miami, uh, Chargers, Oakland, or Las Vegas, I guess now all these people clamoring for this pick. And I think that, you know, man, would a trade down be big? You know, there's so many players. We'll get to it later, as you said, that I just chomping for. And I just think that as good as this guy might be, like all you got to do is tell people you're, you're dealing out of it. And it's either I'm dealing out of it to your team for somebody else you make the decision and then you just sit there and wait by the phone so really curious to see what happens I'm super glad he was in because if he doesn't come in that's a huge negative in a draft where we're picking high and like I say one and two seem to be pretty much set hey we'll sit there at three and control the draft I love it
1: yeah I was I, I don't want to you know do a whole draft talk right now I know we have a, you a lot agree of with me part. basically yeah. And um, the funny thing is, I'm like reading stuff. It's just like, well, Washington has Kerrigan and Sweat. They're not going to want Chase Young. And all I can think to myself is like, really? Uh, uh, really? I mean, it's like <laughs> Kerrigan, he's still decent, but, you know, he's got, you know, he's getting a little long in the tooth there. I mean, so yeah, I mean, unless Washington just totally, bl- you know, gets blown away by some offer, yeah, they're, yeah. Chase Young ain't going to be there at three. I mean, so, okay. But like I said, we can, (laughs) we can finish that conversation
0: later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely have that conversation too, because it's, it's one pit Grifka. Like all they have to do is take any player other than Chase Young and he's ours basically. And, uh, yeah, they can take him. They can fit with Ron Rivera's new defense, but they can also go another direction. It just takes one, so I'm uh, I'm not throwing that out the window yet. And I've already started looking at free agents and stuff, saying, all right, how do you put together a free agent class and still leave that that big defensive end, that that generational type player, if he's there? Because if he's there you tell all those people you just told about, uh, Hey, we're trading out for Tua. You just say, oh, never mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you turn the card in for, for the big fellow out of Ohio state, uh, who I, I know you love and we'll fight it out later on him as well. So yeah. Grifka, good stuff there. Big, big announcements with the coaching staff and Tua before we take our break and we get to these press conferences, which I got a lot to say about these press conferences. Grifka, I had some fun interactions on Twitter today. I thought I'd share them with you and the people, uh, mm-hmm. You ready for some some good old fashioned okra getting just frustrated with people like I normally do with you on the show?
1: Yeah, I, I love uh Twitter. Twitter's like my favorite thing when people want to argue and that you know you can be you can be all tough from your basement having your mom making your turkey pot pie. So uh my favorite thing so uh yeah i want to hear oh my
0: gosh <laughs> uh i i really like have been totally i i always say this grifka thinks i'm just uh pandering to the people but i truly mean it like i was never a twitter guy i'm really not a social media guy by any means but since i've been on here i've had like no negative reactions i barely get in any back and forth quote-unquote arguments you know very rarely does somebody um you know, annoy me er, Gary that I'm about to talk about, uh, where I, where I somewhat go off on him. But other than that, man, it's just talking lions football. Everybody's been super great supporting the show. And, like I say, I get on when I can, if I can, if not, no big deal. Like it's just been a, it's been a good experience for me. I know I always hear people just all this hate and they just get all this negativity. Like I really haven't. So I thank all the great Lions fans for that, but Grifka, let's get to this and talk about a not so great Lions fan. Gary, I hate to throw you under the bus, but I won't give your last name or your Twitter handle, but me and you had a interesting back and forth and this is where it stems from. So Grifka, my first tweet, again, a classic oakery tweet hashtag one pride can you remember a time the lions had a ton of cap space a top three pick in the draft and a young core of solid players etc i'm telling you griff guy i tried to get you on board with this i'm telling you this is the biggest off season in the history of the detroit lions let's go hashtag detroit kool-aid cast hashtag believe in lions my new podcast that comes out on monday mornings everybody please check that out uh going solo talking draft. I also got Logan coming on next week and guests every week. So please support that. So, so I shoot that out. Griff that's got 126 likes 17 retweets, 13 comments. But the one comment I want to focus on here is Gary. So Gary writes back says every fan, every five years, it's classic Griffka style. So it takes me about two seconds to write back. Here we go again. SOL fan base garbage. You say that every year. You've never won. NFL hates us, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Why play the games if they will never win in your eyes, Gary? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they will win. Hashtag one pride. So, Gary loved that. He gets back to me. When? Next year? That's right. Next year is our year. Sounds familiar. That's a classic uh, Grifka bit as well. So, I come back with, I can't wait until we say next year and then it is the next year you and all the other sol fans will have to eat your words so annoying to hear this all the time why root for a team or comment if you think they will never win just go jump on another bandwagon ugh hashtag one pride. me neither gary says i just hope i'm alive here we go like we're this is gonna get Grifka. I'm about to do Grifka bells for the the old bits here from Gary. Uh, me neither. I just hope I'm alive. Been 61 years. <laughs> were you alive the last time they won a championship? <laughs> I was. <laughs> so excuse me for being a little skeptical about the next year comment oh classic stuff so i go here we go again the people that bash the lions always have to tell you how long they've been alive no one cares you don't get some type of credit for how long you've been watching or been alive how many losses you've seen etc either be a fan or don't so i end with past doesn't matter right now (laughs) gary of course responds We are fans. Wow, it sounds like something Griffka might say. We have also earned the right to bitch. Oh, boy. Uh, If we weren't fans, then we wouldn't care. Get it? Get off your high horse. Being a Lions fan takes a lot of intestinal fortitude. It all boils down to ownership leadership both of which are severely lacking so go pound sand it's a grifka quote if i ever heard one don't even really get that's from probably from the 50s and then i put okay keep worrying about 60 years ago and just assume that that is what will happen tomorrow keep telling everyone about how hard it is to be a lions fan instead of enjoying the good parts enjoy everyone feeling so sorry for you I will enjoy my team, ups and downs included. Hashtag onePride. Gary, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results next year. Dot dot dot. I forgot that old bit. This is me again. I forgot that old bit. Add that to the SOL Lions fan Urgh, Gary's Arsenal. Ugh. Insanity is people who use the comeback that comeback as a crutch. But when you actually look up insanity, that isn't even the actual definition at all. So frustrating. Gary ends it with a classic. I've now beat him up. I've now, like, taken him to task. He has no comeback. He puts, I know, but it fits this narrative oh my gosh Grifka that that's classic I love the team but I hate the team they'll never win I've been watching for 50 years you don't know because you're younger you're only positive because you you just don't get it and then when I I just crush him on a bunch of things oh well it fits my narrative I'm, I'm out of breath what do you think about that back and forth Grifka I don't have many of those but I thought that was entertaining enough to, to read on the show
1: yeah that's uh that's pretty interesting I mean uh first of all Gary Much love, brother. I feel you. Um, (laughs)
0: Much love, my freaking ass. (laughs) That's why I almost throw you off the show every other week because you say that same garbage in that same tone, and then you come on the Kool-Aid cast acting like you love this team.
1: I'm surprised you haven't. The the Detroit Lions are the girl with the curl. That's that's all. They're the little girl with the curl, man. It's just like, oh, come on. I'm, I'm great. And then just like they do something. It's like, what the heck are you doing? You know, it's just. That's, you know, it's just that sounded that, that, that I... sounded
0: eerily similar, Griffka, To uh, I don't know this.
1: What the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, it's, that's why, like I said, that's why like I, love you I love back and forth
0: you don't get credit because you've been watching 50 years you don't get like i would
1: i like, would disagree with that statement but once again of we
0: course can you would because you're the this. same sad sack of crap that thinks oh man like they they yeah, lost 50 years ago and they me. lost two years ago so why well, wouldn't this year I I would would be different because this is a different year gary this you, is a well, different right, year but Grifka? you've hung out
1: that long you've, you've hung out that long and stayed with it you know like
0: he doesn't stay with it listen to all of his tweets why stay with it it just gonna sit there and complain go away go root for the patriots then what what do i care if you're just gonna sit there and and play this sard sack like where's my sad music when i need it man just play this under gary's every word when he's at work at home just talking about the lions oh i love the lions says gary while this music plays in the background oh they're my favorite team yet they'll never win Oh, the ownership needs to sell the team. and We know that'll never happen. Get that out of here, Gary.
1: I'm not one who's like, they'll never win. I'm not that guy. I just, you know, it's just. Because you're the
0: guy that will like, and you'll say that until they win and then you'll be happy because then you'll say, I told you so. That's what these people do. I I never
1: say they'll never win. I'm not that guy. Complain,
0: complain, complain. Oh, they're winning? Where's the parade? Where's my jersey? Get it out of the closet.
1: No, I'm just like.
0: Oh yeah. I, I, I'm this not like scary. that. I'm not like,
1: was it like, you always talk about like when you go to your family get togethers and you're like, you'll be sitting there watching the game. And then one of your family members will stumble into the room and the game's like 10, seven, the Lions are losing. They're like, same old Lions, And then they just turn around and leave. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah, terrible. Uh, yeah. It's I, ridiculous. Mean,
1: I, I don't do that. But I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where you just kind of wait and hope. I mean, it's just, it's traveling through the desert for Forty some years, you know, and you know, that's what it is, man. See, it's yeoman's work
0: oh my gosh here's here's freaking grifka on the detroit kool-aid cast somewhat defending gary who's acting like just because a team wasn't good 20 years ago means the 2020 lions won't be good like like they have any correlation oh poor gary you've been watching for 60 years and they haven't won oh i'm I'm, you get so much fan credit though thanks for hanging in there and talking bad about the team the past 30 30 years way to go like i said
1: man if 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 you were a if you went to McDonald's and, you know, a few times you're like, you, you go, oh, oh, that wasn't God. that great. And then you go back and, you, well, that wasn't that great. You're not going to continue to go like, oh, that was that great. Deal. You're just going to stop. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, kudos for, you know, somebody hanging out that long. I mean. That's right. what
0: I was trying to tell Gary. Stop and go away because nobody wants to hear you go, come to the same restaurant. The food's bad. You just complain about the food. Just go away. If you think there's other restaurants, go find them. I'm what, telling Gary, you, like what, you can what, get Gary, a good I, meal here. Well,
1: like, when me and you worked at Dick's Sporting oh Goods in college, and, you know, there was that customer, you know, like, oh, if I don't get this, I'm never coming back. Okay, yeah, see you next sale. Okay, I mean, it's just that's what it is. I mean, you know, oh, this team's never going to win. Okay, yeah, see you next August. Okay, I mean, that's exactly what it is, so
0: all right well like i say on twitter normally i i wasn't trying to pick a fight with anybody you saw my first tweet it's very nice the minute he comes back with the same old you know oh they say that every year go talk to grifka about his cubs i know we don't talk about baseball every year the old next year gimmick laugh 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 what they do not only did they win us, they got the right people in place they won a world series and they freaking started winning consistently why because those other 50 years didn't make a damn bit of difference to the years when they were good so there's some baseball talk, Grifka. What do you got to say about that? I banned I, it from I, the show a long time ago. I appreciate
1: that. And the pitchers and Catchers report here in the next month, so I'm happy to hear that.
0: But um, oh, I will have to... It, I mean, but, if you yeah. read that
1: whole chain, if you read that whole chain, I will have to admit, I mean, kudos. I mean to him, you know, just not going, you're an idiot or you're stupid. Cause once again, I've gotten those battles where somebody was coming, you're stupid. And I'm just always like, you know, nice retort. Did you and the other fourth graders think of that? You know, it's just, you know, stuff like that, because at least he didn't, You just, at least he didn't just go like, you're dumb it's just like, that's like the stupidest thing in the world. I hate when people do that, but that's kind of one of those reasons why I love that. Cause I can come back and go like, well, I'm so glad you and the other third graders thought of that. you know, go do some finger painting, you know, because that's pretty much what it is. Cause you can't come up with a cogent argument, you know, to your, to, to your reply other than you're stupid. <laughs> oh, okay, good one. So, so at least you didn't do that unless, unless you left it out. Oh my gosh.
0: You know, you no, I, I read things. all the tweets, but so like you perfect. didn't hear any of those tweets. Like None of them were good. He, well, no, he ended with...
1: Go one, two it was like, you're dumb. You know, you've seen them. You know, you've seen them,
0: so right. And I'm about to throw you under the bus for two things. One, uh, a few of those come from you when I try to have some fun ribbing with you on Twitter, and you just tell me to shut the hell up, or you yell something back at me. So you're that guy. And then I second of all, because not in caps,
1: okay? Everybody knows. No, you you,
0: Ever, you may have written some caps, caps to me. You, you you've written some I'm, stuff where I'm like, because no, Griffin not get that? I'm, I'm phone kidding phone. with them. I
1: do not take I do not take time on my phone to put stuff in capitalization. <laughs> I'm lucky if I spell stuff right because I'm like not looking. People will come back. What the hell's that? I'm like, oh, sorry. I was watching my fingers type. I wasn't actually watching what I was typing. <laughs> yeah, so
0: I ain't going to take the time to make sure
1: this stuff's capitalized.
0: Don't show your untechnical prowess cuz it's only one keystroke to get your your keyboard to do all capitals on your iPhone it's not hard second yeah. second of all the other thing i got to throw you under the bus for is so you you were yelling at me i think 2 weeks ago when i was trying to have a back and forth with either paul from tampa or somebody else about uh, chase young you came at me and then you started yelling at me and then you said okay kettle uh, called black, and I was like, I really don't think that's the same. So you yeah, totally screwed that up. Because mm-hmm.
1: no, because no, no, because no, because I go, was I said, um, hi kettle, you're black because you came at me and said you called me. That's okay, not the sir. saying.
0: Yes, hey yes, kettle, you're black is not the saying. No, no it's is not. I'm not
1: no, because what you're doing, you're taking it, you're taking it for granted that you are the pot calling me the ke- me the kettle black. That's where it's so when I say hi kettle, you're black, it means that. You're the that's
0: not how you that. say it, though. No one yeah, ever say, says, hey, the, kettle, yeah, you're black. That's not how you say it. it. That's the
1: pot calling the kettle black. But yes, that, that's the saying. I know that. But when you just say, hi, kettle, you're black, you're taking it for granted that everybody already knows that saying. So once again, I mean, I know you don't use cliches in your uber vocabulary, but still, that's what it means. But um, you called me a prisoner of the moment. So me saying that back to me, you is, is that because you are a prisoner of the moment. Okay, right there. It's just like when something else, when something <laughs> happens, and the ESPN shows a the highlight, they're instantaneously like the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, and you know, it's like, oh my God, this guy's awesome. Yeah, okay, yeah, got you. Yeah. You know, hold, you know, hold your water there until he does something. So, so yeah, when I say like, like, you're black. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Every, you know, like a don't me wrong, the moment. I know
1: plenty of people who say it that. Go way.
0: ahead, keep okay? talking. What?
1: I know plenty of people <laughs> who say it that way
0: kind of like a prisoner of the moment that was trying to tell me chase young wasn't that good because he had two to three bad games to end his college career kind of like that prisoner of the moment that got lost in all the other things the guys done and he's absolute specimen kind of like yeah. that where I said that see this is why it doesn't make sense because we're talking about that and that cliche and then you just say hey kettle I'm black like it makes no sense so like not I, not I, not I kettle
1: I'm <laughs> black it's I kettle you're black
0: Gosh, That's, that no one has talking. ever said it that way no if I would have used, friends. No, no if I would have used the, no, say it that way. I mean, I've heard
1: plenty. If of I would
0: have used way. the catchphrase, and you would have came back with that, maybe. But I've still never said, "Hey, hey, uh, hey, kettle, you're black." That's not how it's said. It's it's uh, pot meat, kettle, or like everybody pot, always meat, starts kettle, with the that's
1: phrase. That means there's a third person introducing the pot to the kettle. That makes zero sense. That, 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 that makes even less sense than the way I said it. Here, here, kettle. I think you have the spread. His doesn't... name is Pot. By the way, you guys are both black. You know that doesn't work. There's a third party in this. There's like, you know, there's like, an, you know, an arbiter or something.
0: No. I swear that's how it said. Hey, uh, when somebody says something, that's the same thing. You say, hey, hey, Pot, meet Kettle. You, you don't say, hey, Pot, you're black, or hey, Kettle, you're black. That doesn't. No, because
1: the saying is the, That's the pot calling the kettle black, and everybody knows the pot is already black
0: so the so the comeback to the the pot uh meet kettle black is hey pot meet kettle
1: okay so nobody says the cliche that way nobody
0: nobody (laughs) says hey hey kettle you're black that's never been said
1: okay here i'm gonna give you one right here i want this conversation to go the way of the dodo okay (laughs) boom there (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah we got we got to take a break this may this may be marked for edit but we'll see uh and the other thing is don't waste 10 minutes of my time standing up for Gary we had like almost 200 other people quality fans that agreed with my tweet and this guy's going on and on doing SOL garbage doing poor me doing oh we've never won sell the all the the gimmicks I mean I went and belled him about 10 times like how many more gimmicks we got to read off he hit them all he hit them all out the park and then he ended with the insanity line which is makes me laugh because that's what everybody always says it's not the definition and then he bowed to me at the end and basically said well yeah you're right i i was wrong all along but see. it fits my narrative like sol like i i love being sol guys so thanks gary really appreciate your fandom thank you see
1: you brought him you brought him over man nice job he just
0: caved he's like yeah okay i got you <laughs> we we need to tell gary to do some of this drink it in man. Uh... corn corn cornbread come on gary drink it in man. Uh... Griffco, we got to take a break. Uh, We'll be right back talking all things Matt, Patricia, Bob Quinn, press conferences. Let's do this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all
1: time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say
1: exists to make you happy.
0: Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG 13. Detroit Kool Aid drinkers, we are back in the house, and it's time to talk some Matt, Pat, and Bob Quinn press conferences. Grifka... I got a ton to say about this. I, I took like two pages of notes. I don't even know how I'm going to get through this. Did, did you even take the time to listen to these? Did you hear our head coach, our general manager, or did you just show up to the show like normal?
1: Um, I showed up to the show like normal. I, 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 figured I wanted, so. I, I wanted, I wanted you to have this platform because, um, your love for these two is outstanding and uh you know uh, you have good pad level and um your res- your resolve is awesome and you're gonna get to pick and shovel out this winter and keep digging so um
0: grifka my will is outstanding your negativity is the absolute opposite, opposite of that grifka let's do this man hey, i've been a fan
1: for 40 years man i i'm oats <laughs>
0: get the hell out of here with that um Grifka, don't interrupt me. I got some things to say here. Matt Patricia press conferences. Here's what I've got on a couple of my notes. Matt Patricia got up to the podium and he did an eight plus minute opening monologue. Now, most people would say, here we go. Here comes the coach cliches. Yes. He ran down some cliches. He ran down some very open, empty type answers. All the things that would frustrate not only me, but most fans sometimes. But when you really break this down, I took little bullet points and a lot of the stuff he said to me makes sense. So if you don't get caught up in the the frustration of what he said, if you think about it, what he said makes sense. And hopefully they will do this in 2020. So let me hit some of these. In his opening part, he talked about this team cares. He said they care for each other and it's genuine. I think that's important because we've all know NFL teams. There's teams that don't care about each other or it's just fake. He talked about consistency is key. I feel like this team in 2019 lacked consistency on both sides of the football, all over the football field. He said they need an edge. I put that in quotes. He he didn't even really know or how to define it, but he just said they need that edge when it comes to winning those late games, winning in general, and he was hoping to find that edge. He said they got to take care of the ball. They got to turn it over. I talk about that every week on the show. That's what win and loses football games in the NFL, and they have not taken it away enough, and they continue to give it away just enough to lose. He said they got to limit penalties. That's another obvious one, that was one that continued to hurt them all year, and they didn't get it right. Um, He he followed that up with saying there was a lot of things that they worked on, and they would get fixed, and then they would – be fixed for a couple weeks and then it would be unfixed where they would come back up again. I think that's a big issue. I think that's something you can point not only to coaching, but to the football players on this team that the the head coach and his coaches shouldn't have to get something simple as penalties or, you know, effort or whatever the case is, get that fixed, get the running defense fixed. And then three weeks later, have it just go to pot again as our our early uh, um, conversation or argument uh, noted. Like he, he, he said, don't make the moments too big, which again, like, oh, whatever that everybody says that. I think that's true for this football team. I felt like late in the games moments got too big. We kind of got over our skis and we lost some games just because a lot of young players, a lot of just mistakes that cost us games because they were probably trying to do too much or just were afraid of the moment, whatever it was experience and confidence is needed that came to like, Hey, these young guys need experience. They got that but winning and playing well is what breeds confidence. He also talked about, he felt like there was a foundation and a culture already laid now, you know, kind of like that this first year and a half, two years, whatever you want to call it is where he laid that foundation, laid that culture, got rid of some, guy, did what he needed to do to sort of feel good. Now going into year three, that he feels like that foundation and culture is laid. He said, he's excited for 2020, which again, you can take it as lip service. I felt like it was a genuine comment that, Hey, this is much more as his team now than it was two years ago. He's excited about the future. And the one thing I'll give this guy, I feel like he is a hard worker. He is a smart guy. So he said, you know, back to work starts with me time to get better. And he start said it starts right now. So I, I don't see this guy taking a ton of time off. I see him sort of getting at it from coaching, coaching staff, you know, free agency draft and then really getting revved up to sort of get his guys back healthy and gear rolling in 2020. So those are my bullets just off the uh, intro before he even took questions from your boy DB and the guy that I now like to call the slouch up there in the front row. You got any uh, comments before we get to some of these questions and answers that he had about the bullets I hit on or some things that were said there.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like you said, you know, there was a little bit of coach speak in there, but, um, you know, starting right now, I think he kind of knows it at this point that next year he's going to have to be, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, you know, coaching for his job. If he wants to remain a head coach, at least here in Detroit, as we, we've seen, uh, it seems like when head coaches leave Detroit, it takes them a long time to either get mentioned and, um, you know, as another head coaching candidate or interview somewhere else. So, uh, um, you know, him getting back to work right now, looking at it, you know, I guess sitting down, maybe looking in the mirror, realizing what needs to needs to happen for this team. You know, I'm not saying like, you know, get back to six and 10, seven and nine, but actually, you know, playing those meaningful late December games, you know, last couple of weeks of the season where you're not trying to, you know, backdoor your way into the playoffs, but, you know, clinch that that division. So it's all good speak to hear and um I still think there's a lot of guys on this team that are on his side and uh, I think that's a, a a positive as well for this team.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. So let's let's get some of these questions. So like the first question out the gate, not surprising by the by the the guy that comes in with the TMZ questions just wants to hit the home run right off the bat. He's like, "So you talk about all these things like but how are you actually going to fix them? Like he's about to lay out, he wants him to lay out an exact plan of how he's going to get the run game fixed, how he's going to fix some of the things on defense, like how he's going to physically do this. This is my problem with the media is they ask these open-ended questions that they know you're not getting a very good answer to. So he he asks this open-ended, Matt Pat says, it's all about self-scout right now. You know, got to just finish the season, disappointing season, got all these things to worry about, go back, self-scout, everything from coaching, players, um, you know scouting uh, you know trying to prevent injuries he just went down the litany of lists and it's like that's that's the obvious and that's the smart and that's the right answer is like okay the season was terrible now it's over now you start from the ground up you go back you watch all the games you sort of dissect all these things that cost you which again a thin line between win and losing and he just ran it down and people were like oh that's not the answer I want I want these these clear things it's like that's the answer that makes sense is just start. I'm sure you got a whole off season now to get this together and it starts right there. So the next one I had is that he said, um, you know, I think this was Mike O'Hara uh, again, love his podcast with Ken Brown and uh, he just makes me laugh old, old, good reporter, but he, he has some softballs. Um, Cause he, he's a sucker for the team. He drinks that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in uh, yes, yes, he does. M- but Michael anyways, O'Hara. Michael
1: O'Hara, if you're listening, please give us a call at 989-272-3484. Once again, number 989-272-3484. You'll talk to Huge, but you won't talk to us. I don't get it, man. You scared of us? Come on. We're here for you.
0: Man, that'd be great to have Michael O'Hara on, especially after a couple of uh, a, couple of uh, soda pops at the casino. That'd be great. <laughs> um, So, Michael O'Hara asked him, hey, you know, do you think you really just need another, like, really top-end defender or player on that side of the ball that can – can make plays just by his sheer talent, you know, be on the opposite of flowers, whatever it may be. And uh, again, Matt Patricia avoided it and also gave what I thought was a good answer. He said, we need a lot of impact guys at all positions. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, if we get a defensive end as Grifka would just load up his draft list, Hey, I'm going to take a defensive end, a linebacker. And maybe another corner and I'll be set because those are the positions we need. You need good football players at any and all spots and guys that are game changers and guys, yeah, they can just make plays by themselves and absolutely win games without scheme just by talent being better than the guy across from them. I thought that was a, a fine answer as well. Uh, any thoughts on that, Griffka?
1: Yeah, realizing where his team's at. That's good yeah, it's a good word, you know, good place to start. So yeah, saying that uh you know, you need a lot of impact guys at multiple positions. I like that answer as opposed to like, yeah, we're there. We're almost there if we just had this one guy. No, he's I mean, he's right. It's a good answer. You know, I like that.
0: But I don't you twisted it a bit. I don't think he was like we need a ton of he just said he was more open to like having game changers at any and all positions, not saying that we need ten more to compete. It was more like, hey, You know, I, I, it doesn't have to be on defense could be an offensive player. It could be somebody that just, you know, anywhere on the team, that's what you're looking for. And he obviously isn't going to pinpoint the spot. That's where he sort of avoids it. He's not going to give you spots, but I think that's always what you're looking for. And that's why I'm always so open in the draft and even free agency is like, people think we got these areas covered, but it's like, yeah, you can go after needs, but let's just go get some really good players, you know, and let them do what they do. Let, let me rumble through a couple of these, Griff, and then we'll get your thoughts. Uh, he He was also asked about, of course, what went wrong this season? Please, please tell me in one sentence or less. He, of course, said, you know, it hasn't been one thing. Of course, it was a multitude of things. He kind of ran down, did his normal from that standpoint, from this standpoint, you know, did his whole thing where he just danced around it, but said it's a litany of factors. Um, th- this is where your boy DB comes in. Of course, he's he's in the front row there with Slouch, and he's like, can't wait to ask this question. So he's like, hey, um, you know, you you, you bring in somebody else, you know, it, what do you think about defensive play calling? It, it, is it gonna be you, or, or are you gonna allow them to do it? You know, he's just so proud of himself for this question. I my favorite part is like Matt Pat looks at him. and He just kind of like shrugs his shoulders. He's like. Uh, I think that's a pretty open-ended, just broad question. And they just moved on <laughs> So, like total avoidance. And like, I'm not going to give you anything, uh, you know, DB you freaking DB. Um, but like, it's, that, that's not only not important. It's sort of like, well, what's he going to say? Oh yeah. Like I just did a terrible job this year. I can't wait to get a DC in here and give him all the play calling. It'll be fix everything. Like, Waste yeah, of time. Like that, but
1: what do you think he's going to say? No, I'm going to call it. So you're going to go hire a defense coordinator. Like, is <laughs> right. anybody really going to come here then? Well, if you're going <laughs> right. to call the plays, why am I even going to bother doing that? You know, just get like something... Uh you know, what, get a, you know, a, a title on my resume that, that makes zero sense for somebody.
0: Right. Um, time frame to, uh, to cha- uh, change and develop a roster. I thought was an interesting comment. Cause he said, we know how long it takes to change a roster and we know how long it takes to develop a roster. So without saying it, he was basically saying, Hey, these last couple of years I've been changing the roster. I knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. We know how long it takes to develop not only the roster we have, but guys we're bringing in. It also doesn't happen overnight, but I felt like he was sort of saying now we're closer than when we were when I came in here. And it was country club, city, ping, uh, you know, uh, ping pong nation in the locker room as well as uh, had to turn up the juice on these practices and the running and all the stuff he's done. So I thought that was an interesting answer. Griff, I got some, I got so many notes here. We got to get to Bob Quinn. Let me just ramble through. So I put uh, need to improve the team. He just straight up said it's not good enough. And I wrote here in big bold letters. Finally, was that that hard to just say, we're not good enough. Like all year he danced around. Oh, like, I don't want to say anything bad about our defense. Just say it's not good enough. You didn't win enough games. You're not where you want to be. Like, those are all true statements. They're all obvious to anybody with two sets of eyes and it doesn't kill you course it wasn't good enough we know this you know this and saying it doesn't hurt actually it helps because now it puts you and everybody on notice that you actually were honest and said it's not good enough like some more of that if possible
1: um yeah there's a there's a little bit of duh in there
0: Griffka, are you are you queuing up your own soundbite which I played for you right before this show I mean this is a new Grifka classic this was Griffka talking about a replay that was obvious but I shortened it up because I think we'll be using this from time to time with uh, unfortunately things that uh, Bob Quinn says here in the second part of this press conference but uh, the Lions and their opponents so here's the new Grifka drop everybody drink it in
1: it's like duh it's like, duh. It's like, duh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you could say that. Like, oh, it's the obvious. But my thing is, like, finally they're pointing out the obvious. He wasn't saying, well, you know, we – he's like, it wasn't good enough. It needs to get better. You know, just, yeah, I, you know, obviously, but thanks for saying it. Um, they he, he went on to kind of say they were so close, but they weren't able to finish. Again, that's a big statement. We're going to hear a lot is being able to finish. Um, Didn't name anybody, didn't really call anybody out, but also acknowledged uh, that they they lost a lot of games late and and that needs to change uh, to to get over the hump. He he told the team the good and the bad um, that day after the Green Bay game. So he was saying something about how he's telling them how well they fought. And he's like, I also told them all the stuff we got to get better at. You know, so it's like, that's what I like about him is I feel like he's a guy that will lay down the the good things you do to some degree but he's also always going to harp on those things you can get better at just like a certain uh mentor of his does on a daily basis to the greatest of all time and then he also said um every year you start over so like he told them they did some things well they fought they did this they did that he told them some things they need to work on and he said but really none of that's going to impact 2020 because we start all over starting right now And I think that's something the fan base always forgets about. They think, well, oh, they fought hard, so that's going to carry on to 2020. No, they could come out in 2020 and have no fight. Just like the opposite. Everyone's down on the team and thought, oh, we don't have this, we don't have that. That that doesn't mean that's going to be the way it is next year based on who's here. You're going to turn over 30% of the roster. So I thought it was good to remind them, hey, none of this carries over. Like, we don't start anything off of what we did really. Like, it ends right now. Put the work in and you'll get the results you want next year. So that was interesting. A couple more. He said he gave some players some homework, um, told them he's got – he had some players, got some projects and things to work on before they get back, as well as he wanted people to rest and get ready to roll. And then your boy Slouch, uh, to end the presser, of course, he's just waiting, couldn't wait to ask this, probably probably laying down in his seat uh, with a pillow or something, he put. He said something to the effect of, so, you know, you guys say you had a lot of injuries, but so did Pittsburgh. So they were able to do decent, why weren't you? Something to that effect. And that Patricia, of course, what does he say, which I love, was basically a backhand to Slouch. He goes, yeah, I can't really comment on Pittsburgh, because... guess guess what uh jabron i'm not pittsburgh um but he he said that yeah they they had injuries they fought through some of them other ones they couldn't fight through and they just got to do a better job at that from roster standpoint and all these other standpoints and he just sort of gave the you know basic answer after that but like we're not comparing ourselves to any of these other situations like what we went through this year i think was abnormal and crazy and it was what it was so that was the uh the walk off there and like say just sort of answered i thought pretty honestly pretty matter-of-factly and also with a lot of dodging like he normally does
1: yeah why would uh, you're not going to say anything you know uh oh how come pittsburgh did it you guys couldn't i mean you're not going to mention anything because that's just because uh, that's going to be a soundbite for somebody. Look at the opinion. Why in Pittsburgh? Doing, you know, that's just dumb. So, yeah, he did a nice job uh, dancing around that one.
0: Let's get to Bob Quinn. Griff, because I'm about to get to it. I see pop up on my Twitter. Hey, fire Patricia just replied to me. Oh, I'm sure that'll be a great reply. I, again, Lions fans are like, hey, on my Twitter, I'm going to put fire Patricia, but go Lions. Oh, I'll never understand it. All right. Can I lay this down for you? This one I got some issues with, as well as uh, some good stuff coming out of this one as well. So if you go online, if you go on YouTube or you go on Lion's website, uh, you know, Bob Quinn started out. It was about at the 430 mark of this presser. The video starts getting yips, which to me, like, again, hold on. I think I got music for that. Grifka, I think when it started having yips, there might be a little something behind it. (laughs) <laughs> I feel I feel like when it started yipping up was maybe when he was misspeaking a little bit or maybe things they wanted to hide. I could not find a feed that did not have these cutaways on some of his answers. So there's your conspiracy uh, for the day. But anyway, so he starts off as presser. I felt like it was... Let me say this right so people don't get it wrong. He started his presser talking about Marv Jones, the unfortunate loss of his son Marlo, which, again, I put a bunch of messages out about that. Everybody knows that was a terrible situation. Marv, you the man, like, you know, everybody and One Pride uh, and Lions Nation is there for you on that. But I felt like him starting with that, and then he started about, you know, the support of the Fords, and then he talked about the fans. I felt like it was pretty. Uh, contrived i guess is sort of how he laid it out to start sort of like the half and then bob quinn's my guy i hate to say this but like this is what it came across to me is like he, he figured let me let me throw that out because everybody knows that's a sad situation let me kind of dance around talk about this that and the other tell the fans who are with us thank you and screw you to all the people that don't um love the team you know that type of thing he just sort of laid out this beginning which i thought like I was just looking for more upfront football stuff off the top. But like I say, I mean, the other side of it is, yeah, I think he should have came out and said something more public about Marv Jones earlier. You know, he doesn't have to wait till his presser to do it. And I know the team did it and whatnot, but like I say, I don't want that to be misconstrued, but I just thought his whole beginning was sort of laid out in a, a way that would somewhat benefit him in this presser where I just wanted him to come and stand at the podium and start with, this year was very disappointing. We, we feel like we had a much better football team. They did not play that way based on lots of factors. Uh, we're going to get it right. We're going to fix it. You know, what questions you have, that type of thing would have been much more upfront and, and, and not as set in, in like, let me, let me lay this out, you know, ABCD. Any thoughts on that off the top?
1: Yeah, that was the, um. how can I put this? That was, uh, this is just a game, you know, real life happens, you know, right. That was, it was kind of like you said, The I don't want to say like soften the blow, but you know, cause I think like you, people are coming in there chomping at the bit to ask him some hard hitting tough questions. We get to the answers and you're coming Hey man, one of our players, you know, you know, just, just, you know, his you know, son passed away and we want to, you know, give him you know, our sympathies and, and, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's very sad. When I read that, and I'm just like, damn, right. you know, you take a step back and it's like us as fans. I think that's where we kind of, you know, you know, like we realized, yeah, this is just a game, you know, we're fans, you know, this is his real life trying to deal with something. And you're right. It was kind of like, why didn't you come out before, man? You know, that happened before. Yeah. Or
0: say it, say in any other setting other than just open your presser where you almost like dull the room or make everybody, you know, like, Oh man. And, and, and I think he does feel that way. It probably was hard for him to be with Marvin, his his wife, and, and to do all the stuff he said, none of it I took as a lie. I just felt like, don't start with that like put out not only a statement but but come out the day that it happened as the gm and just say "Hey, i just want to take a couple minutes to tell everybody like how much we care for marvin jones and his family you know what i mean do it then not not now and then transition into all this other crap it was like okay i got that out of the way at the top now let me do all this other rigmarole and then talk football no that's not what i wanted so Oh, <sighs> anyway, l- l- now I got some ranting and ravens to do about Bob Quinn. Again, he's my guy, I support him. I think he's done pretty well in the draft. A lot of people hate him, whatever. But so so he, he does that. One thing he said off the top too is he said he thought they played well early. So do I. I think they played really well early in some games, even if the record didn't show it, maybe through seven. Eight games. I still think for those first five, six games they were really rolling, till injuries went in, and then he said, you know, no excuses. The fans need answers. They deserve answers. All that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I'm waiting on the answers, Bob Quinn, until you started speaking again at this press conference. So, again, these are not in order, but your boy boy DB, again, just waiting in his seat to ask the one question he thinks that everybody wants to ask. But he's the tough one. He's going to answer. Here you go, Grifka. So I have to ask a couple years ago, you said nine and seven wasn't good enough. So why is now good enough? It's like, where's the rim shot for DB? Where, where's the, uh, where's the pat on the back? This guy gets for asking this question. And like Bob Quinn had already pretty much answered it. So he goes, um, I think I already answered that earlier. And he tried to follow up. And then Bob Quinn says, uh, the reason it's not good enough or, or it's good enough now. Is because they don't want to start over again, he, like with the roster and whatnot. So he said, "I don't want to tear it down and start the foundation again." So it's not that not that three and twelve or three eleven and one or whatever it is, DB is good enough. It's not like he's like, "Yeah, that was a good year, really built on something." No, but starting over doesn't help either, you know, freaking moron. Um, so, like, my issues with Bob Quinn was so he was talking to the media and they were asking these questions and he had answers. Like he didn't know or didn't have a plan of attack. He said, well, it's hard to pinpoint one thing. Well, figure it out. You better find out the one, two, three, four, and five things you got to do. Like, I know you're trying to be coy, but it felt like me, like an answer, like he's still unsure of what's going on with this team. Like he should be on top of everything. Uh, He put injuries aren't an excuse, but then everyone made fun of this soundbite. And a few sentences later, but we had a lot of injuries this year, which like you can use that as like some funny bit, but like I take it again as one of those statements. That's pretty true. Injuries aren't an excuse overall, but this team had a freaking lot of injuries that they had to sort of overcome some of them, you know, with their own doing towards the end of the year with IRing a ton of guys, he then mentioned that, Hey, we had 16 guys on IR. That's a lot. Okay. Well probably eight of those you put on IR late in the year when they probably didn't really need to go there to either get sympathy or to make it look like, wow, 16 is a lot. The the thing he should have said is we had a lot of impactful injuries at the quarterback position at some of these impactful defensive spots that really uh, hampered us. You know, that would have been more honest than throwing out these numbers, which we know are so- somewhat inflated. Um, what are your thoughts griff because so far i got some other things to go through here
1: um to with the question of you know with the answer of it's hard to pinpoint one thing and like you said it makes it sound like you're really you're still kind of lost still kind of grasping at straws it's it's you're the gm of the team i mean you're you're the big enchilada and i, I was watching a movie one time it was an old war movie in <laughs> like and uh and, like, it, it, it makes me think of this. There's a point where, like, this guy just he happens. He, he just, like, you know, I guess for happenstance, he becomes, like, like, the highest in command in the area. So all these underlings are kind of asking him, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And so, like, an old selfie <laughs> veteran guy pulls him off to the side afterwards and goes, you can never do that in front of your guys. Cause it just doesn't put, it doesn't instill trust in them, you know, like you don't know what you're doing. So to give an answer like that, it's really hard to pinpoint, just kind of like sidestep it, your way around it. One, I mean, it, they're professionals, you know, professional football players. I get it, you know, but it's like one of those things, just like, you know, then just to come with, Oh, we had the, the IR, we had, you know, we had all this. It's more like, like you said, it's just kind of excuses. You're not instilling hope, you know, and like you said, that's not his job to do that, but you know, to, to get like, You know, like fans, we are in the right direction. Stop calling for a head. We got it. This is what we're going to do. You know, you know, not just a bunch of pie in the sky, pie in the sky stuff, but just, you know, to say like, well, it's really hard to pinpoint. It's just like, you haven't been looking at this, you know, at any point in the year. I mean, it's just, you're not really instilling too much confidence in the fans, maybe some of the players you know, something like that. So that's what that makes
0: me. It's one of those rare times on the show, Grifka. We agree. I agree with you. I think that's a good take. I felt the same way as well as, you know, even if you're avoiding questions, you can be a little more uh, direct, Mm -hmm. a little more confident, a little more like, Hey, don't worry. I, I, I know what's wrong. We're going to get it right. All those type of answers would have been better. He goes on. It's going to get even worse at some points. Um, You know, Ken Brown asked him about never spending on a backup quarterback and this, that, and the other. And he, he said, which I don't know if it was a slip up or what, but he said, yeah, you know, we'll, uh," you know, he gave the reason why, but then he said, yeah, there might be something we look at in the future. So to me, that was a tip off of, you know, that you may see a better backup or you may even that may be a – hey, they may be open to another quarterback option because, you know, uh, then he follows it up with, oh, yeah, he's real confident in Matt Safford's health, which, like, when he said that, he did sound like a confident GM. They're asking yep, talk to doctors, talk to Matt Safford. I feel great about where he's going to be and, and him moving forward. End of end of answer. Thank you. That's what the fan base needed. That's a confident answer by a competent, confident, good GM. Um, You know, he – he talked about what if Deshaun Han hand didn't miss the whole year, everybody, you know, I, I hate when people use this phrase, Grifco, but I'll use it. Everybody pooh poos that. Like, they're just like, Oh, you know, Deshaun hand, maybe he's not that good or he's injury prone. Like, I think that was a big cog of their defense that really didn't play more than what one game or so, if that, and, uh, it's just sort of swept under the rug. They asked him about the digs trade and he said, he thought it was the best thing for the football team. He said, uh, You know, he thought Will Harris would start and and as sure as they made the trade, Tracy Walker went down the next few weeks. That really sort of hampered his game plan, but he still was able to get Will out there. He said it feels good about him moving forward. Of course, I think the slouch or whoever followed up with. So in retrospect, would you do it again? I mean, again, Slouch, what do you think he's going to say? Oh, yeah, well, actually, uh, you know, it was a pretty dumb move by me. No, because he believes in what he did, why he did it, and it it's, hasn't improved itself because he hasn't used the fifth-round pick and he hasn't used, um, you know, Will Harris in a second year. So, of course, he was like, no, I have no regrets. And that was another solid quality answer where it was like I felt like he believed it like nope getting digs out of locker room was good on a lot of levels getting Will out there was good and and I'll use that pick as well as the money and do some good things with it so take that slouch um We've got, we've got, he said there was no serious trade talks with Darius Slay. I thought that was noteworthy. Um, they asked him again, well, you're going to have to pay him then to keep him here. He said, uh, uh, Hey uh, people, I don't know if you've been listening, but about eight questions earlier, I said, I don't comment on people's contract status or player agreements. You know, that's just ridiculous. Nobody does that. Hawkinson, uh, you know, he said, uh, he, this was interesting. This was, I'm going to throw this to you, Grifka. He kind of said, You know, he's going through, hey, Trey Flowers played good. You know, Coleman was good. And then had a little down spell and played good at the end of the year. He followed that up with this comment, which I thought was odd. He said, so I think I'm good there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was like, okay, you just said a player played really good, then slouched and then played okay or good towards the end. So I'm I'm good at slot corner. Like, I think you're good because you paid Coleman 9 million bucks and you're basically, he's your guy. And I, I do think he's a good football player, but you're never good, Bob Quinn. That's what you tell the people. Hey, we're never satisfied. It's always competition, all that. I mean, I could have done a better presser than this guy in some I, sense. I, I think we're good there. That's awesome. Yeah, we're good. We're set. Yeah, that <laughs> may be – I may have to pull that if I can find the audio and get it for a, a drop. So when I finish my statement, yeah, we're good there. <laughs> it's like back in the day. Hey,
1: do you guys want Deion Sanders? No, man, we're good. No, we don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> we guys
0: that played up and down. We're set, dude. <laughs> oh, Grifka. I know we're going a little bit longer, but we got to get through some of these. This is what I wanted to throw to you, actually. So he went through, of course, Flowers, good. Coleman, yeah, we're good there. And, like, pumping himself up. These are guys he brought in. But also guys I do believe in as well that will be good um, moving forward. And we're good here this year in, in spurts or, or when they played, but then he got to Jesse James, your boy, <laughs> the guy, the guy that I booted out uh, last week on our inner out segment. Uh, he said, Hey, Jesse James, you know, this was really telling. He goes, ah, I think, you know, it was a little hard for Jesse. Uh, we, we, we went ahead and drafted Hawkinson. I feel like he was a little bit, I wrote the word sad here. Cause that's the impression he gave that Jesse James was sad about that. And I put what with a big question mark but he said Jesse will be a integral part of the offense moving forward or something like that. So what do you think? Like, I felt like, first of all, who's Jesse James to be down in the dumps? Cause they drafted some rookie. Like, what do you think he was going to be an all pro? The guy had like eight catches here. He never did anything really big in Pittsburgh. So I thought he came here to be like a quality team player, paid him well, all that stuff. So if he's either sulky sulking, that's an issue. And then Bob Quinn, was he going to Daryl Bevel and saying, hey, you know, I've, I got these tight ends for a reason. You better freaking use them. Like, I felt like that's sort of what he was saying too. So I thought it was odd for another odd comment by BQ.
1: Yeah. I have to agree with you. I mean, what, you're going to find Jesse James, like crying in a corner somewhere. And I didn't get the ball down like <laughs> me. I work hard. I'm a good guy. It just, there's, there's a point where it's just like, there's only one ball on the team and you got to realize your pecking order. I mean, all three of those wide receivers are going to be the number one option for you, Jesse James. Okay. I mean, even when, you know, when carry on was, you know, healthy and running, he's going to look to get the ball a little more than you. I mean, they brought McKissick in to be that gadget guy. The, uh, um, what was it? Uh, what the heck's his name? Oh gosh. Excuse me. That third down specialist guy, the gadget guy, he's going to be that guy. So, I mean, yeah, you got to outperform a rookie who's learning it. And, yeah, he's a rookie, so they want to kind of showcase him and stuff like that. But if you can't do that, buddy, that's on you, dude. I mean, you're a pro. You know the ropes. I mean, you got to, like, look in the
0: mirror at that point. Yeah, that's your boy, Jesse James. You had him starting. Oh, no. just, uh, he's going he's gonna to be the man. Gonna be out, no. All right. He's going to come well, back well, out all no. Big chip on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> watch we got a couple – Uh, (laughs) I'll be watching them, that's for sure I want to see if I can get a discount coupon For about 50% 50 off Would be nice
1: You're going to see him in Canton He'll be the one uh, (laughs) taking the tickets But yeah, you're going to see him in Canton (laughs) Welcome to the NFL Hall of Fame
0: All right, so you know This continued, again I was just overly frustrated, I guess I've tried to point at some of the things I liked I still think Bob Quinn has an eye for talent I think he has a plan for this team um, you know, that plan changed a couple years ago, but you know, to some degree, but he's still working his big plan. But of course, one of the media members, no clue who it was, it was our glory moment again to say, So, why should the fan base believe in you? I mean, you have only won, you know, Matt Patricia hasn't won, like, w- what? give us reasons why why you're good enough to stay here, which was like, okay, like I, I'm sure you're going to get a great answer from this one, right? But Bob Quinn basically just looked at him, her, I think it was, confident and said, you know, he said he was confident in himself in the GM seat and he felt like with Matt Patricia's head coach that they would get this turned around, you know, and, and, and felt good about getting it pointed in the right direction or however he phrased it. And I felt like again it was short answer it was confident it was the answer you probably think he would say but the way he said it was like him and patricia in his mind are a good combo they obviously think and feel the same way about players and about scheme and about where they're heading now they're not there yet the results you know aren't what either of them expected but I think he's just really confident in that that third-year boom as well as the overall roster, which most people have crumpled up and thrown in the trash can. And I kind of continue to remind people, like somebody asked me today on Twitter, who, who are these good young players you're talking about? I rambled off like 12 guys off the top of my head that that I not only like, but I, I like moving forward with a, a good futures, good contracts. So it's not like I was stretching going, oh, we got Stafford and, uh, <laughs> you know, like trying to look for second, third, fourth names. Like I had plenty to to work off. And again, they weren't they weren't all NFL players, but they're they're definitely guys you can you can win with in the NFL, in my opinion. So I thought he was confident in that answer. Here's the classic one, Griff, and this is where we're not going to get your take, but. This one we got to spend a couple minutes on. I, I don't know if I can do a good impression of this guy, but there's a lot of people on 97.1 that do a good impression. This is the one and only Pat Caputo. So, so Pat Caputo, okay. He, uh, he, he gets the microphone, okay. That's probably a terrible <laughs> impression, but he says, okay, like every other word. But so his big question, which this was humorous on so many levels. He asked this long, Pat Caputo too. Bro, you ask questions. It's got to be short and Concise. He says like this long drawn-out question, but the funniest part is just watching Bob Quinn try to follow where he's going. And then Caputo gets into this thing about, you know, there there's there's these pressure points, and you know, during the year there's pressure points, and how do you get over the pressure points? And did you identify the pressure points? And you can just see Bob Quinn like thinking, I mean, drop the drop the Griffka line. What the hell? <laughs> i mean bob quinn's sitting there going hey put caputo
1: that drives me freaking blockers. <laughs>
0: he, he just looks at him and goes i what are you talking what a pressure point what are you talking about well okay like there's these times you know in the game okay when like you guys just don't perform you know don't come through and he's just like oh yeah i got you okay <laughs> and this was this was the worst answer in the history of answers by Bob Quinn. So he listens to Caputo. It's a terrible question. This pressure points makes no sense, but he's just trying to get the point across. Like, Hey, late in the games, you didn't win. You, you didn't get over the hump. Why? Bob Quinn says, okay, I got you. And then he says, let me see if I can read my own writing here. He says like, he still, he phrased it like this. I wrote this down this was at the end of his answer, but this is the point I want to get across. So he, he said this answer, hey, you know, I thought we were better. We kind of, you know, if it was one thing, we would have had it fixed now. But he ends his answer because Caputo follows up again with another two-minute question where he's like, you know, it's, it's kind of the... Um <laughs> It's kind of not a trillion dollar question, okay? It's like, why <laughs> this franchise hasn't been able to, you know, win in those situations, okay? And he's like, goes on and on, and Bob Quinn shaking his "Yep, yeah, yeah, I know, they've never won, we get it. Like, he's not oblivious to the history, Pat, Pat Caputo's going on. And, and Bob Quinn's answer to this long-drawn-out, ridiculous, pressure-point BS, why-can't-you-win-Detroit's-never-won question, he looked at him dead in the eye and said, Pat... We're trying to figure that out. I promise you. What? You're trying to figure that out? <laughs> you're the freaking GM, you're an NFL GM. Like you act like you this guy brought up something new you had never heard before and you're like, "Yeah, I'm going to go work on that one or thanks for bringing that to my attention or hey, you know, I know what you're talking about and I have no freaking idea." Like, what do you mean like we're trying to figure that out right now? Like I just wanted to grab him through the screen and say, "No. You tell him, "Hey, do i have to answer for bob quinn do i have to start tweeting him answers Grifko, so he can i can help him out there too you look at pat caputo and you go pat i realize this franchise has never won i realize the last couple of years we have not been at the optimal or even close to the level that i or matt patricia expect but we have identified issues we're going to attack those this off season We feel like we have the players and the organization to do so and it's on me and the head coach to get this turned around and trust me we know the fans deserve it and we're going to do all we can and we have a plan in place to bring a winner to the city of Detroit. Drop the mic walk off you don't tell Pat Caputo or in one of his other answers he, he said hey well the media. He goes, "Well, you guys probably know the stats better than I do. No, they don't know anything more than you do. You're the NFL GM of the Detroit Lions. It's a bunch of numbskulls with microphones. Like, oh, God, we're trying to sort that out." He said, oh,
1: yeah, my God. The, "You know what would have been a better answer? If like this, like we're putting a blue ribbon committee together. We're gonna put our top guys on and get to the bottom of it. That's that's what that answer is right there. It's just like." okay, so you're giving us lip service. I mean, you're right. I mean, your answer, you need to start being a speechwriter for him because uh, that was just gibberish right there.
0: Like, what did Pat Caputo want him to say, too? What's Hey, Pat, that's a great question. Like, this team's never won. Let me lay out exactly how we're going to do it or I'm going to give you point by point why we don't win in the fourth quarter or why this team didn't win 20 years ago in that playoff game that you were at at the Silverdome. Like, what a stupid it's just ridiculous like these wide open like questions why are you asking the the 2016 to 2019 gm about the pressure points from years ago that you can't get over the hump and why would bob quinn answer with we're working on that no you're not You're, you're working on getting right now fixed for next year that's all you're working on nothing else freaking matters so Oh my gosh, I bring my blood pressure. What do you say, Griffka? Too much salt, or uh, I'm going to have a heart issue too much here. Salt? If we keep going. <laughs> no,
1: cut back on the caffeine. <laughs> he so.
0: uh, he just finished out with saying, you know, uh, they have to, what I have here, you know, that he, he knows they have to win next year. He has to look out for the future of the team. That's all going to be interesting to see what he does in the draft from that perspective. Um, he said they have to pay attention to everyone. Um, I, I put here, that was another, I, gosh, I don't want to go on a big tangent, but he, he said previously in the draft, they could just focus on this pool of players because they knew the other guys they didn't have to worry about because of trade up. And I'm like, Bob Quinn, you need to know and be worried about everybody everywhere all the time, you know, and then he followed that up with like, I think this year we're gonna because of where we're picking, we have to know the draft A to Z, one to two fifty. What the hell else were you doing the last three years? Like what do you just got like six names or if, at when you're picking at twenty thinking, well, we'll definitely get one of these. like i I just felt like those were answers where it's like he didn't have a handle on the grand scope of things. I know he does. I know this is a pretty good scouting staff, but it's like, don't cut corners. Don't tell me that like, oh, before we didn't even like really look at the f- top 10 guys. So we had no chance of them. You have no idea. Like, what was it three years ago when Derwin James was to go top five, top 10? He almost slipped to you. What did you not do any homework on him? Cause you didn't think he'd be there. Like I expect the total opposite from Bob Quinn. I expect him to be on top of not only A to Z and one to 250, like, Anybody that's in the draft, I expect him and his scouting staff to have done some homework and be on top of not the, oh, well, you know, we, we, we focus on these guys. So we figured they'd be there when we pick or, Hey, we targeted this guy because like that was our guy. And we just ignored all these other football players. Like, no, you need to be on top of every detail, every player. Everything that's going on, not to, oh, well, this year, because we're at three, we're really going to button it down, you know, really batting down the hatches this year, where last year is taking darts and throwing it at a wall, and it came up Jelani buy. I mean, come on, buddy.
1: Yeah, that's great, because, uh, like you said, you have no idea what people are going to do in front of you, trade down, who they're going to pick. You know, stuff happens. But, uh, yeah, that uh, once again, it doesn't lead too much faith into, like, the fans and, you know. You know, you're saying, like you said, now all of a sudden you're going to know everybody you were before. It's just like, yeah, forget it. We ain't got to focus on those guys. They're going to be gone. So, yeah, whatever.
0: So let's sum it up this way, Griff, we've been going about an hour. We've had some laughs. You know, this was – I knew this was going to be a tough one for me because these pressers are two guys you hear me support every week. I still support them. I think Matt Patricia is a good head coach. I think Bob Quinn is a above-average type GM that, that has found some gems. He's missed on a couple he's got our salary cap in order and he's a guy that I do have faith in to pick talent as well as, you know, be a guy that's he's, I see what he's building and I see that, you know, there, there's cogs there, there's pieces, there's a, there's a framework that I don't feel like we've had when you really look back at even winning lions teams, you could say like, well, yeah, they won, but you know, they had like all this dead cap and they had no money in the off season and their, their drafts were terrible. I feel like some of those things are rectified as well as things to build off that people are ignoring. So, you know, for, for me, the Matt Patricia we already talked about, I kind of summed that up for Bob Quinn. It's just like, he only talks once or twice a year. And this is probably why, because he's not that good at it. I feel like he's much better at his overall job than talking to the media because some of the stuff he said um, was just left you scratching your head, as you would say, and left you thinking like, I mean, what the heck? What the hell are you doing? Like, I feel like he knows what he's doing, but the things he said just baffled the mind and made me feel like, no, the media doesn't know more than you. No, Pacaputo did not ask a good question. No, the slouch doesn't have a clue what he's talking about, and and you need to tell him such. Same with DB. Like, and he just came off as, like you said, sort of a, oh. Uh, somewhat weak general manager that was not used to speaking in public. Cause he only does it twice, three times a year, but I still think he's going to put together a pretty good team, despite what he said. And uh, I really want to see the actions too this year, like stop acting like everybody has this high value. You could have had Kenyon Drake, you could have had some trade pieces. You didn't do it. Now you're speaking at the top of the draft. and You have some trade partners you better make a deal or you better get real aggressive and take a top talent with that pick. If you stay at three, because I'm not trying to get a a solid double at number three. Like I, like I let you get away with at number 20, I need home runs this year in free agency in the draft. So this team can get out, get rolling, get back to where we thought they'd be this year. So that's my sum up on the, the Bob Quinn presser.
1: Yeah. You really can't, uh, can't top that. So, uh, that's a good point that you have
0: there sounds good man grifka like i say we went a bit longer but it was a i thought it was a good show i I really want to talk about that i thought it was important and uh, we're gonna come back friday i know you got some some really good stuff people are gonna love and uh my believe in lions is next monday it'll be me talking nfl drafts so people are gonna get my uh my top probably you know 15 players i'm gonna work through it i'm gonna give you guys some scenarios to think about i can't uh can't wait for that show and uh, Grifka there's only one more thing left to do and that's what the people always want to ask you and I have to do it every time on this show but I enjoy it as well Grifka do you have anything else for the people
1: uh nope
0: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, thank you, everybody. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for being so kind and positive on Twitter, Urgh, except Gary. Um, and uh, we have fun with him. We talked about Tua. We ha- uh, talked about these pressers. Good show. Fun show. Drink that Detroit Kool Aid. Drink it in, man. Uh... Eat the cornbread. 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 And thank you so much for listening to the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bags, start over! It is over! What a comeback by the Lions! Drink it in, man!